On today's Locked on Texan podcast, Cody and I discuss the biggest unknowns heading into training camp for the Houston Texans. And with the supplemental draft two weeks away, how can Houston address the wide receiver depth chart? You are Locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to everyone who listens to the Locked On Texan Podcast Monday through Friday. And wherever you listen to the Locked On Texan Podcast, make sure that you check us out if you are new uh, at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, along with subscribing, liking, and commenting on YouTube as well under Locked on Texans. I am your Texan football analysis, John. Some sports guy. In that's that's not your name. That's not your name. Say say the name correctly. <laughs> and I am your Houston Texan football analyst, John Girl Dad Hickman. Mm-hmm. As you guys can see, of course, I'm joined by none other than Sports Illustrated's own and Houston Texan credential media member Cody Davis. Here to discuss PFS ranking their latest rankings of the secondary, fifth worst in the league. And of course, well not of course, but also looking at the biggest unknowns heading into training camp. But Cody, let's get it kicked off with the supplemental draft is in two weeks. Houston has an opportunity to add some talent to their receiver depth chart position, looking at Malachi Weidman. But when we look at it in a two-week span, what can Houston analyze from their depth chart right now and figure out how can a 6'5 receiver that played in Jackson State possibly help them uh, moving forward. Well, before we talk about that, I do want to give you guys some background on what is a supplemental draft because that is a draft that is not too well known. And this is going to be the first time that the NFL is going to host the supplemental draft since 2019. And this draft is for players who have been ruled ineligible for the upcoming college season and for players who have not played college ball for over a year. Um, And the prospect is kind of different from the NFL draft because prospects must must apply in order to be eligible for this draft. And this draft is different from what we are used to. A team has a pick. They say with the whatever pick, the Houston Texans select. This one is a little bit different because this one is a little bit more so of a bidding war. For example, if the New Orleans Saints and the Houston Texans are actually considering taking part in the supplemental draft and they both have their eyes set on an individual player, let's say, for example, the New Orleans Saints say, okay, I'm going to bid my seventh round pick for the upcoming season. And the Houston Texans say, no, I want him so bad. I'm going to bid my sixth round pick for 2024. Well, of course, with the Texans being the highest bidder, they will have an opportunity to draft that player. And the only negative about this is they will actually lose that pick for the upcoming season. So that is also something you might want to keep in mind. But as of right now, the supplemental draft will take place on July 11th. And the draft contains at this very moment, only two prospects. They are still going through things as of right now. The two prospects that, that are in the draft as of right now is Melton White from Purdue and Malachi Wideman 
from Jackson State University. And the source told me on yesterday that the Houston Texans are one of 17 teams who have shown their interest in Wideman. And I can see why, because Wideman is a 6'5 wide receiver who played two seasons at Jackson State. Um, he played three seasons overall in college. He began his college career at Tennessee. His best season came in 2021 when he caught 34 passes for 540 yards. And check this out, 12 touchdowns. That is really big because with you, with you, when you have a guy that's 6'5", you already know he's going to have an opportunity to catch those 50-50 balls. But at the same time, Wiseman is definitely a red zone target. When you look at the Houston Texans, especially what they was going over in OTAs and practicing doing mandatory minicamp, they spent a lot of time honing in and trying to fix their red zone struggles. This is a team that has only scored in the red zone 47% of the time during the 2021 campaign, you get a guy like Wiseman. Whenever he gets an opportunity to see the field, he's definitely going to help the Houston Texans in their red zone, to say the least. Yeah, I'm looking at the 6'5", man. That's kind of... 6'5". That's, that's bigger than... Well, pause. That's bigger than Nico Collins, who is coming in as of right now as the Houston Texans' tallest wide receiver at 6'4". Yeah, uh, I just I don't see a, re a real reason to go out and sign the young man. Honestly, I think mm -hmm. that um, if you're looking for another bigger, taller receiver, you have Jalen Camp who's coming back, going through training camp. You also got undrafted rookie free agent uh, Jerry Wayne out of Pitt, who I really like. You also have again Nico Collins, who's six four. So I, I don't see a real a real reason to that's beneficial for Houston to bring in one of the young men. Uh, the play wide receiver for them. I think that if you're going to go with anybody to move forward for the regular season, you go with the guys either on your roster or you say, hey, you know, let's go ahead and swing for the fences, fences and bring in DeAndre Hopkins, right? So the only real reason you should bring in a receiver is if that receiver can help put your wide receiver group over uh, over over the top or, uh, you know, moves the needle a little bit for it. And ne neither one of these young men do that. So um, for Houston, I, I don't know if the risk is worth it because if they do draft a player in the supplemental draft, they lose a 2024 draft pick. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's have a draft pick that they bid, but of course it's going to be like one of those laters, like a six or a seven. Um, that's all I say. That's the only knock. And we know at least with Nick Casario, he loved to package those later round picks in order to move up in the draft. We've seen that time and time again, since he's been a general manager with, with the um, Houston Texans. Yeah. So it's, I, I kind of don't think it's worth it. Honestly, there may be a prospect coming out next year at that same position that you can get, in around that draft time, you know, six or seven, probably a seventh, but you don't have to risk anything. You know, you don't have to lose anything. And that seventh round draft pick or that sixth round draft pick may not be, you know, a pretty pick. But if a guy is going through the supplemental draft at this point of his career, and again, no disrespect, because I believe that, you know, these young men should get picked up for Houston's sake. Let's kind of hold on to what we got mm -hmm. and, and grow with what we have. So, um, you know, I'm curious to see how they go about the supplemental draft. First since 2019, I think that they should hold on to what they have.
Wiseman will have his pro day next week at Jackson State. Um, the best part about this is if he does go undrafted during a supplemental draft, he will enter the free agency pool. And maybe then you'll be a little bit more comfortable in signing him to one of those training camp proven deals. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, up to one k back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. FanDuel, the official betting partner of the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. want to take this time and moment to send our condolences and a huge rest in peace over to Ryan Mallett, who passed away, a former Houston Texan quarterback, former Arkansas Razorback quarterback, former New England Patriot quarterback. And so he's been able to play all around the South for both franchises, the one that I love, the one that I cover, and overall was a quarterback that uh, had some good moments in the NFL. So once again, sending our condolences to his family and loved ones. The biggest unknowns heading into training camp, Cody, for me, honestly, it is whether or not uh, Matt Burke is going to call plays, and if so, I've said this before, and if so, guys, how long, or yeah, how long of a leash does he have until what he's doing isn't working before D'Amico Ryan steps in? My thought process is going into training camp. I think that he's going to get two shots. Number one, how are you operating during camp? Right? How are you able to? I think get the most out of your front seven, right? We don't have any real worries about the secondary. We'll get into that to close out the show. But the front seven, I think, is where a lot of people are still having some question marks on how well can they do with a lot of new faces, right? Um, so I think the growth as a teacher and coordinator in training camp is going to be a pivotal moment for them. But those first three preseason games – in two regular first two or three regular season games, just to kind of see where he's at comfortability-wise with calling plays on Sunday for Demico Ryans, who is a coach that was a former defensive coordinator last year for a very good def- defense in San Fran. So at any point, it'll be okay if he just kind of slid in and say, I want to take over right now and maybe at another point while you're here with the Texans, I'll give you the keys back. But I'm just curious to see how much will they – Trust Matt Burke, how long of a leash will he have, and how open will the Texans be uh, as a coaching staff between Nick Casario and Domingo Ryans? How open are they going to allow Matt Burke to be when calling plays? Are they going to be free? Is it going to be, you know, kind of, on a, again, a leash? Will he be able to get creative, exotic? You know, will he be able to call his defense how he wants to early on? So that's an unknown for me. Um, I actually have two unknowns. One of them is one we talked about a lot here on the show going into training camp is how healthy Keon Green is going to be. Don't want to get into all that because we talked about that a lot, but I just hope 
come day one of training camp that that young man is ha- is healthy. He's getting the reps that he needs in order to have a better second season in the league because every passing day, every week, every time we was out there, whether it was for just a regular off off season workout program or OTAs, mandatory mini camp, the fact that we keep hearing that he wasn't there, he's still recovering from 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 shoulder surgery, knee surgery, and all his other stuff. It was kind of daunting, and, and it's kind of like heartbreaking at the same time because that young man has so much potential. But, you know, that is one of the biggest unknown. But if you went with the defensive coordinator, I'm going with the offensive coordinator. That's Bobby Slowey. We are all expecting and hoping oh. that the Houston Texans oh. be better on is offense. It, is it an unknown, or is it a high expectation that you and other fans, of course, want to see kept like is it some is it some unspoken promises of this team being drastically better offensively that you know everybody wants to see it's i don't mission. think it's unknown stop me if you want to but i don't think bobby slug has an unknown we pretty much know what type of offense he's going to run we pretty much pretty much know how they want to you know get the run game involved we pretty much know how they want to use misdirection to get some mismatch we pretty much know that mm-hmm. so is it an unknown as to what he's going to do, or is it just we have high expectations for Bobby Sloak in this offense now, and we really want to see those pan out? It's an unknown. Well, first of all, it's a mixture of both, but it's an unknown because this is the first time Bobby Sloak is actually going to take the helm as an offensive coordinator. He'd never been in this position before. And when I look at Bobby Sloak, we have a sense of – what he wants to do with do with the offense. And we know everything that we saw in San Francisco, they're definitely going to try to replicate it here in the city of Houston. I understand that. I get that. And they should. But you still have to take into consideration that Bobby Slowey is a product of Kyle Shanahan. And this is going to be his first time as an offensive coordinator not having Kyle Shanahan as the head coach of his football team. And it's kind of similar to everything that you just said about the whole Mac Burt, D'Amico Ryan's thing. Like if Matt Burt starts to mess up, then D'Amico Ryan's can easily step in and just take the, take the play calling duty. And, you know, he's going to be the primary play caller or whatever you want to call it on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think it's going to be that easy because if things start to go South with the offense and we're looking at Bobby slowly, it's like, okay, where are we going to go? It's going to be kind of similar to, you know, I'm not comparing him to um, former offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton, but it's kind of similar to where you have that dynamic of a defensive-minded head coach. That's why I say with Bobby Sloy, he is one of the biggest unknowns for this organization. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. Before we close out today's show, PFF. It ain't it ain't been too friendly with them lately. It ain't been uh, it, it, for Houston. It hasn't been too favorable. How about that? Uh, in terms of how they are ranking different areas of this team, um, the Houston Texans are ranked twenty eighth overall in terms of the secondary. The secondary rankings last uh for, for for this year going into the 2023 season fifth worst in the league cody and I, let's look at the last we've got houston arizona the raiders 
the Colts, the Rams. In front of Houston, you have the Jags, the Tennessee Titans. So you have two AOC South mates. And then at 25, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I, I, I think the Minnesota Vikings are a team that I would put over Houston, honestly. Mm-hmm. In terms of secondary-wise, I think Houston has a better secondary. And I think that Houston is going to have the opportunity to show their full strengths this year. Also comparing – uh, I forgot if they replaced their DC or not, but the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I didn't like how they ran their defense last year, and I think that's that's what led them to losing in their playoff game. But fifth worst in the league, and this team was top in turnovers last year. Like, wasn't Houston kind of stupid. top ten? That was that always top ten. They was top ten, I believe. If I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the 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 numbers went top ten in the league. The Texans ended up with, I want to say, 26 takeaways, and they had 11 interceptions. And out of those 11 interceptions, I think the secondary accounted for, like, seven or eight. And five of them by itself came from Jalen Petrie. So when you look at the skill set of a Jalen Petrie, there's no way in the world you should have the Houston Texans with the fifth worst secondary in the league. That's just me. But, John... When you look at the talents of Jalen Petrie, along with Derrick Singley Jr., who we are expecting him to take a leap forward, we all last week, we talked about the cornerback group, especially given how well Steven Nelson played. This is a secondary that has also added Jimmy Ward. I don't agree with this list at all. I'm not about to sit here and say that they should have been ranked in the top half or midway through. I think because majority of all of this is based off of what took place in 2022. So of course, everything with the Houston Texans in 2022 was terrible. However, like we came on this show several times throughout last season, it wasn't because of the inabilities of your defense, because there were several moments where the defense had the Houston Texans in a position to steal a game. And part of the reason why the defense was pretty good is because your secondary was pretty good in its own way. So if this was me, I probably would have ranked them at like 20 because, like I just mentioned, I understand Houston Texans, you only won three games last year. I understand that every almost everything about this team was terrible. However, you have a young stud in Jalen Petrie who's already looking good. If Darius Stingley Jr. can remain healthy and now he's going to play in the system that bets fits his attributes, he's going to take a step forward. Your veterans is already good. Like, John, just last week alone, ever since mandatory minicamp, how many times have we talked about the cornerback group just with Desmond King and Tavier Thomas and Steven Nelson? With So there is no way in the world pro football focus can make sense as to why they ranked the Texans secondary at number, what was it, 28? Uh, That's 28. crazy to me, man. That's crazy to me. Especially considering Houston was top 10 in interceptions last year with 16. Oh, they, they had 16. A, 16 last year. They were tied with a couple of teams. But overall – they were fit in the league in total turnovers, so total total takeaways. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. So they had 16 interceptions. interceptions. 16 interceptions, 11 came from the secondary. That's how those yeah. numbers went. So uh, I'm not understanding that. That was like the secondary. <laughs> I think again was a good was a good part of this team last year. But this is another opportunity for. The uh, just like the wide receiver group, the secondary to go out there, play some good football, and, and go from 28 to 
top 20, who knows? But I definitely believe that putting this secondary 28 is a little too low. Fifth worst in the league is, is crazy in my mind. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Subscribe, like, and comment to Locked On Texans on YouTube as well. Make sure you give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12 on Twitter. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.